if you don't believe in you, then nobody else is going to believe in you. First thing you have to understand is that you have to identify what it is you're good at. And once you identify that thing, you need to push it and stress it. And Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Hello, welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast, and I'm really excited about this edition. We're going to look at basketball business and brand building, how we merge these three, and my resource person is wonderful gentleman all the way from Miami and he has exciting stories to share with us from social media branding, basketball and business. Dre Baldwin, welcome to the Personal Branding Podcast Show. Uh, thank you for having me, Bernard. Glad to be here. As a pleasure, I treasure. Dre, exciting voice you have there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay. <laughs> Dre, let's look at you, Dre Baldwin, and all that you've done so far. I'm really fascinated about the things you've done. Just let us know who Dre really is from your struggles, mm-hmm. success, and challenges. Starting from the very top, I come from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. started playing sports. I was always into sports. I started playing football, American football first, uh, moved on to baseball, which my dad actually started coaching a local baseball team as a program. We didn't actually have a program in the neighborhood, so he took over as coach and over 20 years later, he still coaches baseball to this very day. Wow. I moved from baseball to basketball around age 14 just because of environmental influence. You know, the neighborhood I come from, that's pretty much what everybody does, play basketball because it requires no equipment. You could do it by yourself. You don't even need to have the one piece of equipment necessary, which is a ball. You can just show up to the park and hope somebody else has one. Wow. Okay. All right. So from from basketball to baseball and your environment, your dad being a coach, uh, that has also that gave you the sports edge to get into sports and even up to this time able to blend sports and business. Now I was thinking that I realized that and the environment really has uh, effect on people, especially children when growing up. How does that has that influenced you personally, and how can one also be able to come out from such an environment? If the person finds himself not so helpful, but what about if someone finds himself in a certain environment which is not affecting, it's not helping him? Well, the best thing someone can do when they're in an environment that may not necessarily foster positivity or there may not be many examples around of what they want to be, once you already had that spark of an idea, one thing people can do, especially in the world we live in now, is you can be mentored remotely by people who you never even actually meet in person. And by that, I'm referring to reading blogs, reading magazines, listening to audio tapes, personal development, those type of things. Those are all at our fingertips now. And 95% of that information you can access completely for free. All it takes is for people to pay with their attention and with their time. So that's the best way someone can get that positive influence, even if they don't have it physically in their presence. Well, so it's a spark of an idea and a desire for change. And if one desire that change can find mentorship, 
uh, anywhere, any way, anyhow, if really to put in sacrifice of time and energy and desire, you can find, you mentioned blogs, uh, uh, podcasts, even like this, as you're sharing things with us, and also, also, also the materials that one can also get equipped. So that would be your advice to people when they find themselves in an environment that doesn't foster positivity and also growth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, great. How did you get into into business? You had hundred dollar camera and a gym membership. How did that happen? Okay, well let me give you the context first. So coming out of college, I wanted to get into playing professional basketball. And I was kind of behind the eight ball because I went to a small school in the United States. It's called a Division Three school, whereas Division Two and Division One are bigger, higher level basketball schools. So mm-hmm. it's just assumed that the players at those levels are better than the players from a Division Three. So me coming from a Division Three, I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to take a lot of hustle for me to actually get myself into the pros. So what I ended up doing was going to a Pro basketball exposure camp, which is nothing, which is basically a job fair for athletes. So it was a job fair for basketball players. I actually performed well at this event. And from that event, I got a VHS tape. This is back before we even were giving people DVDs. <laughs> I got a VHS tape from that camp. I actually took it to an audiovisual store, had it transferred onto a CD, put that CD into a computer and took that video file and put it up on YouTube. And when I put that video up on YouTube, I was actually just putting it up for myself, just for me to watch on my own because nobody knew who I was at that time. I hadn't actually even signed my first contract yet. So I was a complete nobody at that time. And YouTube had just come out. This is 2006 when YouTube first first came out and it was more of a hobby site where people would just throw up you know, videos of their babies or their cat doing something <laughs> funny, things like that. So what happened was... A couple people just started watching that video who, who didn't know who I was, had no idea who I was. They just liked the abilities that I was showing. And at the time, around, it was around my birthday, my, I was, I received a camera, basically a hundred dollar camera. It was like a digital camera that's used more to take pictures. It wasn't even a video camera. It was a camera you use to take pictures. Mm. But with the memory card I had, there was enough space on there for me to record video. And my girlfriend at the time had given me that camera. So what I did was take it to the gym with me. And I started recording myself practicing. I'd maybe do some dunks, maybe shoot some jump shots, maybe do some dribbling, maybe do some drills. And I was really putting those videos. I took those videos and put them up on YouTube. And the real reason I put them on YouTube is because I wanted to see myself. It wasn't about showing off anybody else. I just wanted to see if I looked like I was envisioning myself when I was on the court. Because I had a certain vision of what I looked like. I wasn't sure if that's how I really looked. So I was filming myself just to see if I really looked as good as I thought I was. So when I put that video up, a lot of people started watching the video and they started liking it. They would leave comments like, hey, you're a good player. Where did you play at? Or who do you play for now? Or where are you from? Or who taught you? Or can you teach me how to do this? Can you do a video doing this drill? Can you explain how you're able to do that? Can you tell me how to jump higher? So with all of that, I actually took the ideas that I was hearing in the comments from those videos and I started posting more and more videos. Anything someone asked me to do, I would do it. (laughs) And at that time, this came about 2000 and this is over a couple of years in between. I'm playing basketball. I play. I was in Lithuania, Mexico, Germany. And at one point I was back home. I was in Miami or maybe might have been Tampa Bay. And my girlfriend had showed me an article about this woman on YouTube who had gotten really famous doing makeup tutorials. 
And she had gotten into what YouTube had just started, which is called the Partner Program. And this was shortly after Google had purchased YouTube. So Google was looking to monetize the site, to take it from being just a hobby site to actually being a business site, a place where people could actually make money. Mm-hmm. And YouTube and Google, of course, can make money. So with the Partner Program, what you had to do, what I read about was that someone who gets really popular, YouTube would contact that person and say, hey, your videos are really popular. Would you like to join? The partner program where basically we're going to run advertisements on your videos. You'll get a percentage of the money and we'll get a percentage of the money and everybody makes money because you're so popular. <laughs> and at the time, YouTube had just opened up the partner program so that it had to actually be contacted by YouTube, but that YouTube had an application process. So anyone could apply. It didn't mean you would get in, but you could apply. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, what do I have to lose? I'll go apply for the partner program. I applied for the partner program and within 24 hours, I was rejected by YouTube not take me and at the time I had only been posting videos to YouTube sporadically maybe once a month maybe every two weeks never had a good idea I'd throw a video up there I would record stuff and not even put it on YouTube just because I was I wasn't excited about it. it wasn't a priority to me because it wasn't making me any money I didn't care I was just focused on playing basketball if I happened to put it on YouTube then I happened to do it if not so what so after I was rejected by the partner program, I thought to myself, I looked around YouTube and realized that nobody else was putting basketball workouts on the Internet. Mm. Nobody was doing it at all. I thought to myself, I'm in the gym every day anyway. What if I just started recording myself every day? Could I come up with a new idea every single day? Since I'm already in the gym every day, I might as well just record every day. And my biggest problem at that time, my biggest challenge was that I don't think I know enough about basketball to record a video every day. I think I'm going to run out of ideas in a week. And what happened with the YouTube partner program is when you're rejected, you have to wait 60 days before you apply again. (laughs) So I said, I have to come up with 60 ideas at least so I can apply again. And I actually have something to show you. I have some collateral. As one of my friend, my friend Donna St. Louis likes to say, I need to have some collateral. You have to have something. If you're going to approach somebody and say, you should do business with me, you can't just say do it because out of the kindness of your heart or do it because I'm asking you. You're going to do it because I'm bringing something to the table in addition to what I already know that you bring to the table. Mm. So when you two rejected me the first time, it was obvious that I didn't bring enough to the table for them to want to do business with me. So I knew I needed to bring something to the table for them to say, okay, this guy has some collateral. We want him in the partner program. So that was my mindset going into the next 60 days. I ended up coming up with 60 days worth of ideas somehow, some way. I don't know how I did it. Again, just digging into my brain as much as I could. Everything I knew about basketball every drill I ever did in my life, anything I could explain or teach or demonstrate. And again, going off the energy of the comments in the videos, whenever fans would leave me comments and say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? I would continue to do those things. So the next 60 days went by. I applied to the partner program again. This is in the fall of 2009. And I was accepted this time. Wow. I was accepted into the partner program. And from that point, fall of 2009, to so here we are, the fall of 2014, I have posted at least one video to YouTube every single day since then. I'm right now over 4,000 videos on the site. And that was just, that was the beginning of people starting to know my name. People, my brand grew out of people on me off of YouTube and that expanded into my website and a whole bunch of other things. Wow, we're going to delve deeper into this. This is so exciting and inspiring. This is very inspiring. 
And he said, up from 2009 till now, you posted almost every single day a video. Hey, those listening out there, take, take note that success, there's nothing like an overnight success. Dre put in what you call the sweat equity. Every day, you, you challenge yourself within the 60 days that you are rejected to bring out 60 new ideas. I think there's something most people will stop at, but you never let this failure stop you from building that dream of yours, that goal of yours. And yeah, I'm just checking your channel now. You have about 4,000 videos with almost 10,000, 100,000 subscribers to well videos on, on your YouTube link. Every single day, dedicating a com- uh, commitment to the tax. One of the things that you said that excites me most is that one, you thought you didn't have much experience to offer in the area of basketball, but you taught yourself again that at least you can also video yourself and see how you're progressing. So something I think it happens to most, most people. They think they don't have, what they have is not enough. They are not qualified to express or show what they have. What would be your advice from your experience, your challenges, from your failures to your success? Now, Dre is a big brand now. Big personal brand now. From your struggles to your challenges through rejections, what would be your advice to people who want to start out now building their brands, especially in the area of sports and other businesses? The first thing, as I talked about when I talked about getting rejected by the partner program and then my thought process as I approached my application the second time is that you need to have some collateral. You need to have something you bring to the table. When you offer, when you ask someone to help you, and when you're asking someone to do someone who has more power than you to do business with you, you're asking that person for help. And when you ask someone for help, the best way to get them to say yes is that you offer them something in exchange. So when you want to build your brand for all those people out there who want to build their brand and not sure that they're good enough is more of an inner game thing that some people like a Tony Robbins or Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street guy will talk about. The inner game is that. If you don't believe in you, then nobody else is going to believe in you. First thing you have to understand is that you have to identify what it is you're good at. And once you identify that thing, you need to push it and stress it and even exaggerate it if you have to as far as you can take it. And when you believe it, other people are going to believe it. And once you have that belief, it actually is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you're that great, even if you're only average and you keep believing it, when you believe something, all your thoughts, words and actions are going to go towards that belief. So if everyone in the world is telling you that you are a 10, but your belief is that you're a five, everything you're going to do is going to be going towards you being a five. And eventually the world is going to say, you know what? He's not a 10. He's a five. And it's the same thing if you go the opposite way. If you believe you're a 10, but people are saying you're a five, if every single action you take every single day is geared towards your belief that you're a 10, eventually the world will come around and agree with you. So whatever it is you believe about yourself, everybody else is going to believe it too. And when you have that belief, once you figure out what it is you're good at and you actually believe yourself, all your actions are going to go towards that. So identify what you're good at and start putting that out there. If you're a writer, start a blog. Blogs are free. If you're an athlete, you can post on YouTube. YouTube is free. All you need is a camera. Everybody listening to this probably has a phone with a camera so go ahead and start recording yourself if you're a singer you can record yourself singing you can put out your tapes you can put out your mixtapes or your songs or something more itunes you could even make money from that so 
there's basically no barriers to entry these days in business, especially when it comes to brands. Mm-hmm. You can start a podcast like the one we're on right now. You have your blogs, you have your YouTubes, you have your social medias, you have your Facebooks. There's nothing stopping anybody from getting their foot in the door. The problem that a lot of people have is that they don't believe they're good enough to get in the door. You need to start believing it. Mm. People who don't, they have a, a barrier to that belief. There's plenty of books, personal development, audio tapes. These are the type of things you can read that will strengthen your mentality. You need to strengthen your psychology, strengthen how you feel about yourself. And once you feel that about yourself, everybody else is going to have no choice but to agree with what you feel. Wow. Great. Let's delve a little deeper into one aspect of your brand building process too. You you started a personal blog and also committed to posting every single day over the years. How were you able to combine this with your YouTube videos and your blog and building the brands? And tell us more about some of your strategies and skills in building your brand. Well, you know what, Bernardo? I figured, I figured out a long time ago that my number one skill, my number one talent is that I am the most persistent person. Wow. That I can take I can take a task, I can take some some task that I'm involved in, some activity, and I once I lock in on it, I can continue to do that task every single day. And anyone else who's doing it at the same time, I'm gonna keep going before they stop. I'm gonna keep going before they they're gonna quit basically before I stop. And that's how I look at it. I remember I was listening to the story of uh, Puffy, Sean Combs, or Diddy, as we may mm-hmm. know him now. Back when he was first starting out, he had a he had this Volkswagen car, and his Volkswagen was broken down. He needed to get it fixed, and he saw Russell Simmons, who at the time was a huge mogul in the business. And Puffy asked Russell Simmons for five hundred dollars to fix his Volkswagen. And at the time, Russell Simmons was walking on a stairmaster, and everybody knows what a stairmaster is—the rotating stair machine mm-hmm. in the gym. And Puffy said to Russell Simmons, I'm going to get on the Stairmaster next to you. And mind you, Russell got on the Stairmaster every single day. This was part of his routine, so he was conditioned for it. Puffy had never gotten the Stairmaster before in his life. And Diddy said to Russell Simmons, I'll get on the one next to you. And if I'm able to last on this machine longer than you, if you quit before me, you give me $500 to fix my Stairmaster, (laughs) to fix my car. And I, I don't even have to finish that story to tell you who won. And that has nothing to do with Diddy being in shape. He lasted on the Stairmaster longer than the guy who was using it every single day. And that had nothing to do with him being in shape. He wasn't an athlete. It was the fact that he had the burning desire that he was going to keep going Mm. before. He was going to keep going longer than anybody else. And that's my number one talent. It's actually the only talent I have, honestly, Bernard, is that I can take an idea and I can keep running with it longer and longer until everyone else is done and I'm still going. So one of the things I decided to do with my website, I actually started that at the beginning of 2014, is I was going to post a blog post every single day this year. I figured I already have I already have a series of things, like my daily practices, which includes going to the gym, which includes meditation, which includes yoga. I said, you know, I love to write. I hadn't been writing as much as I wanted to. I said, I'm going to come up with a new idea, something to write about, Every single day this year and is a practice that anyone will tell you, especially people who write you mm-hmm. yourself, Bernard, you publish so many books. If you're a writer, a writer is writing every single day. That's what a writer does. If you're an athlete, if I walk up to somebody in the street and tell them I'm an athlete and then I tell them I haven't been in the gym in two weeks, they're going to say, well, you're not an athlete because an athlete goes to the gym. If you say you're a writer, 
and you haven't written anything in a month and you're not a writer because what a writer does is write. When you identify yourself as something, that's the thing that I would expect to see you doing. Somebody tells me that they're an artist. I'll ask them, okay, what are you working on right now? They say, well, I haven't even touched my painting <laughs> materials in, in six months. Well, how are you an artist? That's impossible. Somebody tells you they're a rapper and they haven't been in the studio in the last three weeks. Then how are you a rapper? How, how are you going to actually perfect your craft if you're not working on it? So anything that you say that you are, you have to be out there doing it. So people, people will tell you that they're anything, but you can just look at their actions and it's obvious what somebody is really about. What they're actually doing. Oh, that, 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 that reinforces Dre all day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. That's, that's so positively charged and inspiring because if anybody listening and, and uh, name or claim themselves to be whatever they are and you don't see them from their, their deeds, it means there's something missing that they should do. They have to go like you're going to you say, work on their game. You have to go and work on their game. Great. Now let's look at how how you how have you helped businesses and to build brands. Let's use how have you helped them one using able to spread their ideas with what they have. How have you helped them? What process do you take your clients through in helping them build brands? So if one is listening, what what is the Dre process we call it now? Um, you know the com most common thing that I see Bernard is someone will meet me and they'll learn about me and somebody will ask you usually the conversation when adults meet is okay well what do you do for a living first once we get the formalities out of the way what is it that you do for a living because we know that as adults we spend most of our waking lives at work or in our business whatever it is that we do so when someone asks me what i do i tell them you know i play basketball i have a website and I'm on YouTube. I have my own brand. I run a business and people want to know about it. And when I tell them that I took basketball, transferred it to YouTube and made it into a business, usually people, their wheels start turning and they say to themselves, man, I wish I could do something like that. I wish I could have a blog or something like that. And it's not even about basketball because they'll say, well, a couple of weeks ago, I met this girl who was at, she loves to dance. She's into salsa dancing. She loves dancing. She said she had to stop giving salsa classes because so many other teachers are giving salsa classes and their prices are so low that there's actually no money to be made in the market. And I said to her, well, salsa is the number one thing. I said, if you took, if I gave you a hundred million dollars and you didn't have to work, whatever you do to make money right now, you didn't have to do it anymore and you could do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? She said, I would teach salsa. <laughs> I said, I said to her, do you have a blog? Do you have a Facebook page? I said, I started asking her questions. I said, what's your favorite thing about salsa? And her eyes got big. And she just started talking about it and you could feel the passion in her voice. I said, what are the top five misconceptions about salsa dancing? And she had 20 answers. Wow. I said, if you, if someone was just starting off in salsa today and this was their first lesson, what are the three things you would tell them that they need to remember once they go into that lesson? And she had an answer for that. And I said, what is the thing about salsa dancing that makes it your favorite out of all the different types of dance out there in the world? She had an answer for that. I asked her, salsa dancing, there are a lot of teachers out there, there are a lot of people out there giving salsa classes in addition to you. What is it that makes you and your class unique from all the other salsa mm -hmm. teachers out there? She had an answer for that. I said the 10, and I asked about 10 questions. I said, listen, the 10 questions that I just asked you, those are your first 10 YouTube videos right there. Wow, that is it. I said, the 10 questions you just answered, those are your first 10 blog posts. 
I said, do you have a blog? It's completely free. She didn't have one. I said, do you have a YouTube page? It's free. She didn't have one. I said, do you have a Facebook page? Not a personal profile, but a Facebook page for your business, for yourself as a salsa instructor. She didn't have one. I said, all of these things are completely free to you. You're already passionate about it. You don't work 24 hours a day. So in your free time, it takes 30 minutes to set up a blog, an hour to set up a YouTube channel, 30 minutes to set up a Facebook page, even if you got to do them once each day. If you only got a half hour of free time, maybe you got kids, maybe you got other family obligations, maybe you work a lot of hours. Whatever free time you have, you use that to build your passion, work on your future. Because there are a lot of people out there, I'm sure you meet, who work. They spend eight hours a day, a third of their lives, working on something that they're not actually passionate about, but they work there because it pays the bills. And I completely understand that. I've been in that situation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in your spare time, you got eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work. That gives you eight hours of miscellaneous time. You need to cut out some of that other eight hours and work on your future, work on your passion. And when you work on your passion, eventually the money will come. One of the craziest things I ever hear people say is, oh, I work, I do this, that, and the third that I work at. I don't really love it, but all the things that I love don't make money. Mm -hmm. Listen, that's not how it works it's because people have it backwards. And people say, okay, when I find something that makes money that I like, then I'll start doing it. But no, that's, that's, you got it backwards. You got to do the thing that you love, and then the money will come. A lot of people want to have before they do. And that's exact. They have it completely backwards. You have to do the thing you love to do. Mind you, if I go back in my story, I started posting videos on YouTube before there was any money to be made on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There were no ads on YouTube. There was no Google involved. I was just posting the videos on YouTube because I was in the gym anyway. Then the money came after that. Then you then Google got involved. Then the advertisements got involved. Then the brand built out of that. I didn't get into it to make money. I got into it because it was what I was passionate about. And people just need to understand that you do the thing you're passionate about. And once your passion is showing through and you're helping people, there are other people who want to know about what you know, the money will eventually follow. But people just have it so backwards because they got it stuck in their minds that it has to be that it has to happen one way. And that's completely incorrect. I think we've, you've answered one of the most pressing questions that people want to ask, especially talented people. They go like, um, um, my passion doesn't pay, or what if my passion doesn't pay? What do I need to do? But like you said, mm -hmm. if, if you work from the reverse, you always get it wrong. But you look at, okay, look at a long-term goal. Like, okay, I'm going to start doing a YouTube video, so I'll start blogging, not because of the money currently, but because of the future end goal. There's a process there's a, to get to where you want exactly. to go. Exactly. I think that's that's one one really tip that goes for a lot of people, even the youth and the old, because uh, most most of the young ones want uh, quick fix ways, quick ways to make mm -hmm. money online, quick ways to do. But there, there's hard work at the foundation of all this. Yes, exactly. You have to, especially as the world is getting the way that it is, the world's getting more flat, quote unquote. Is in anybody can put themselves out there now. Anybody can write a blog start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, make a Facebook page. There's going to be, and anytime someone's successful or something, we see that podcasting is getting huge right now. Over the next year, the number of people with podcasts is going to double or triple because everybody's going to start doing it. So you have to understand what it is that differentiates you from everyone else. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the passion. That's going to be the work. You have to figure out what your gift is. What is it about you that makes you unique from everyone else? Because everyone has something 
What is it that makes you unique? And then you have to press that advances to its fullest extent. Trey, how, how do you help clients or people, especially in brand building process, that they're able to identify their uniqueness and able to maximize that? Number one thing that you're going to get, especially when I have a conversation with people, is when you have a conversation with somebody, you find out what they're passionate about. You find out what their strengths are. And that only takes just paying attention to people and listening to what they're saying, figuring out where their energy is going and how to help people. What would you say? Help people clarify? Is that your question? Mm -hmm. And and yes, and maximize it, make the most of it too. To maximize and make the most of it is that, first of all, you have to figure out what it is that makes this person unique and they have to know what it is that makes them unique. So this all comes from conversation. What is it that makes you unique? What are you doing that no one else is doing? And even if I don't know anything about their genre, these are just questions that I can ask. Because understand this, when you're talking to someone, when I was talking to this woman who is a salsa instructor, I don't know anything about salsa, never danced salsa in my life. All I had to do was talk to her because she knows all about it. So when I said, what is it that makes you different from all the other salsa teachers out there? Why? What do they? What do most salsa teachers teach incorrectly that you know is wrong mm-hmm. and when you talk about these things she's identifying all of these unique selling propositions that she has over everyone else and i'm looking at her and i'm saying you're talking about these things you're not even realizing that your whole business model is right there in your head already you just laid it out for me over the last 25 to 30 minutes but a lot of times people one of my friends donna st louis she said you can't see yourself in the mirror and that's what happens with a lot of people who haven't started their brain yet. Is that they're looking at themselves and they don't even see the value that they have because they're so close up to it. So one of the best things anyone can do is ask someone else, what do they see in you? What are your strengths? What do you do best? What are your weaknesses? What is it about me that makes me different from all the other people who do the same thing that I do? And the people who listen to you, watch you, follow you, they can point out things in you that, an individual might not even be able to see in themselves. And a lot of people who are who haven't started building their brands yet, they have unique talents. Everyone mm-hmm. has unique talents. It's just that not everyone is able to see their own unique talents. And I think one of the things that people who help individuals build brands, such as myself, such as you, Bernard, is that we're able to look at people and see what it is that makes them great and pull it out of them for them that they're not able to pull out of themselves. Oh, this this is wonderful. This is really wonderful, and this is a thing that really is important in helping people. Now, Dre, as as we we round up in that, what has been your foundation or founding principles aside your desire or natural bed of determination and follow through to tax? What will be your billion dollar tips to people out there who want to start one building their brands and also establish their authority online? All right, to building your brand, establishing your territory online, the number one thing that I think anyone needs to do is identify what it is that makes you, you. And you have to push that as far as you can push it. There's a book that I read by a British author by the name of Paul Arden. The book was called, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be. And one example he gave was if uh, you have a horse, there's a commercial he was talking about from back in the 70s. I don't remember. He said this guy had a horse and the horse was able to jump over a ditch, basically jump over a big puddle of water. 
But the guy took that idea and he told people this horse can jump over the Grand Canyon. And I say I give that example to say this is not about the exact level that you're at now. You take what it is that you're good at. And like I said before, you press your advantage. If you're a person who can make 10 jump shots in a row, tell people you can put it out there that, hey, I can make 100. And I'm not saying use that in a literal sense. I'm saying you take your your unique selling proposition. Take the thing that makes you unique and you press that as far as you can press it. And the major problem that a lot of people have in life, sometimes I even have to check myself on this, and this is something that I got from an author named Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. Seth Godin, I don't know how to pronounce his name, very famous blogger. He said, 99% of people, we are 99% more likely to stop short than we are of going too far. I challenge people to take things too far. I want you to see what happens if you go too far and someone has to say, hey, you need to reel it in a little bit. There's very rare occasions when somebody goes too far. Most of the time, we stop short of going to as, to our furthest capabilities and taking ourselves as far as we can possibly go. So me, even though someone who doesn't know me could look at me and say, you've been quite successful, I still feel there's a whole lot more I can do. I still feel that I haven't gone as far as my capabilities, as far as my potential suggests that I could go. So I'm always looking for ways that I can go too far, so to speak. And I think most people who haven't started their brands, they're afraid of going too far and they haven't even begun yet. For example, I give you this example, Bernard. Mm-hmm. I was talking to this female a couple of years ago and she knew that I went to the gym all the time. And she said, well, could you possibly train me, bring me to the gym and help me work out? She never worked out in her life. She didn't work out at all. She never ran. She never even took a walk, nothing. So I said to her, okay, yeah, I can train you. We can start working on this day, this day, this day. And the girl said to me, well, here's the thing, Dre, before we get started, I don't want to be like one of those women in the bodybuilding competitions with the big muscles and my stomach all ripped up. I still want to look like a woman. And I said to her, you haven't even lifted a single weight yet, and you're concerned about being too muscular. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. You're concerned about going too far when you haven't even taken the first step yet. And that's the kind of things that stop people. A woman will say something like, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Like, yo, you never even touched the weight yet. You are so far from being a bodybuilder, it's not even funny. And these are the things that people have in their heads. It's not necessarily with strength training or going to the gym, but anything. People are afraid or what other people are going to say to them. I remember I read in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, one of the top fears that people have is a fear of criticism. People are afraid of what other people are going to say about them. They're afraid of what people are going to think about them if they try to do something. They're afraid of what somebody else is going to think if they try to go too far. They're afraid of what people are going to feel or how people are going to react to them if they go beyond the place that you know society has pigeonholed them into. And that's what holds a lot of people back. It has nothing to do with what you're writing. It has nothing to do with a business plan or a sales funnel or an email list or the way you, whatever you want to title your podcast or your Facebook page. It has nothing to do with the external. It's all internal. That thing, that mass of gray matter in between your ears is the number one helper or the number one the number one, what's the word I'm looking for? The number one enemy. It mm-hmm. can be your greatest friend or your worst enemy. And for a lot of people, it is their worst enemy. They haven't mastered their own minds. And they're stopping themselves way more than anybody else is stopping them. So that's the number one thing I think people need to take from this is that you have to focus on your inner games, not about anybody else. 
And again, if you don't know where to begin, listen to podcasts like this one that you're listening to. Read books on personal development. Listen to those audio tapes. These things are at your fingertips and they cost you nothing. All it costs you is your time and attention. Keep himself to build a brand and a business and to establish an authority in the area and a field. This is a must listen to MRC and commentary for all the things you're doing. All the dot com. Drake, can you uh, let us know where one can get contact with you and all the things that you're doing all over the world? Okay, well, my main website, my home website is called DreAllDay.com, and there's a contact button right there on the site. You can email me. That will go directly to me. I'm, of course, on YouTube. You can just type in my name, Dre Baldwin. You'll see me. I have, like I said, I've posted more videos as an individual than any person in the history of that site. Also, I'm on Twitter at Dre All Day. My Facebook page is Facebook slash Work On Your Game. And I'm in a bunch of other places on the Internet. I'm not going to list anywhere. But if you really need to find me everywhere, just go to Google and type in Dre Baldwin and you'll see all the results. So anything you're looking for, I'm there. And again, if you want to contact me, just go through my website, DreAllDay.com. Well, so, hey, get hooked up to Dre Baldwin. He's doing so well in all the aspects you can think of building brand, basketball, business, sports and all that. I look forward to hosting you again as we look at some other delve deep into other ways of building helping people build their solid brands virtually and online. Yes, Bernard, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. Great. Now, one of the best resources I can offer you today is my latest book on personal branding. Uh, head over to Amazon now and get the book Rebrand the ultimate guide to personal branding. The book is Rebrand, the ultimate guide to personal branding. Search for Bernard Kelvin Clive and get a book today. Get one for someone. The best is yours.